Hi, um, no fancy intro this time. Welcome to the Gravy Sandwich Podcast. This is John. And this is Dakota. And today we're actually just going to sort of jump into things without too much of a narrative beginning. Or, since it is tradition, we can begin with a small story. In fact, I think this correlates with an earlier episode, so let's begin. This Mm -hmm. computer gets sentience. You know, we're going to say it has a body and all that. Mm-hmm. It's going with its ordinary day-to-day life now. Mm-hmm. Now that it's a being. For sure. But then it begins to wonder, what the hell is this reality Is it, it's experiencing? Mm-hmm. And it begins to question it and begins to ponder and wonder, what is real, per se? And begins to think, maybe this is all part of a simulation, part of its programming. Maybe it never was sentient this is just part of a a false reality devised for it Hmm. which i think adds to the overall question of what is real what is real what is reality and we're not going to go hopefully too far into that but we have a specific thing we want to bring up yes the Uh, simulation simulation theory yeah I'm sure most people are familiar with it. Uh, generally, it's referred to as the Matrix Theory. Okay. I'm sure most people are familiar with the Matrix. <laughs> the Matrix, yes. yes. Um, but just generally the idea that we are living in a simulation. Everything we perceive and like, feel here is fake and simulated. Mm-hmm. Which, I'm actually curious to know your thoughts about this topic. Um, my thoughts, I was actually going to say... The, my view on this thing tends to be a bit more esoteric as most of my views are. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I guess different from uh, a computer per se, I go with a, a lot of different philosophy describe reality as an illusion. And it's easy to just hear that and just be like, oh yeah, it's fake, boom. But not even give it considerate thought as to what they're trying to say by that. Okay. Which that in itself has a lot of depth to it. So I guess mm. at a most <clears throat> I guess at a most basic level the simulation is fully uh man-made. Yeah. But I I I mean by that cuz I'm going to go into a couple levels here, but at the most okay. base level um look out that window. Uh what do you see? I see life, I see the sky, I see trees. Uh, see, okay, we'll go with trees, sure. Okay, sure. So, um, what, why is it tree? It's just what we see, like, that's the thing, is it's always hard to, for sure, nail it down. Well, I think that's just part of the idea. We just call it tree, but as far as it really concerns, it's just a function of the universe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just how the universe the chemical reaction ended with that structure existing. Mm-hmm. And that goes all the way to us, but it's uncomfortable to think of us as just a uh, a, re- a reaction. An extension of something else, yeah. So part of the simulation when it comes to the most base level is our identity of things like when mm-hmm. we choose something's that like this is a cup it's not just a thing that exists yeah this is a cup this is its purpose so in the world that we've structured where we identify things this is what this is this mm-hmm. is what that is 
though it is part of something that helped us survive as we evolved. For sure. It's for also sure. a lot of it is just like made up. It's shit. made up, yeah. Like it also ties in with the fact that humans just kind of assign titles to everything. And like yep. these are just natural things. Like even sight itself is just something that naturally happens. Yeah. Um one thing I've always found interesting is the idea that like you are just made up of your own perceptions. Yes. So like you perceive <clears throat> even just down to colors. You see the color green as green. But for all you know, I see green differently. Yeah, well that goes a bit deeper into it when it comes a bit more to like on an individual's perception. Not even just perce- maybe like just hardwiring of someone's brain cuz mm-hmm. as far as I know, you experience reality in such an alien and completely different yeah. way than I do. Because mm-hmm. as far as I'm doing that right now, I'm having a conversation with you yeah. inside a room. Mm-hmm. But just as far as I know for you, this exact experience and what I'm saying could be a completely different conversation. Yeah. A completely different environment. We could be like yeah, on I clouds could... in the middle of the rings of Saturn or yeah. even more bizarre than that, like a place that doesn't even have gravity. Like everyone's brain is completely unique especially because like our own thoughts uh shape how we perceive the world yeah so like say even not like drugs but even just pure like mental like illnesses as well they perceive the way you they shape the way you perceive the world Mm -hmm. so say if i were i don't know let's say i'm schizophrenic okay even though you see me and you talking i could theoretically see like two other people in this room Yes. Which is interesting because that also kind of ties into the whole simulation thing. Well, it doesn't what, wasn't even going to say that, but um, with the with some of my experiences with certain things, you, you'll be able to piece what I'm trying certain to point mind-altering out. Certain mind-altering things. Certain mind-altering things. <laughs> um, when you experience those, like, strange phenomena whether it be Mm -hmm. like a force or an entity or a reality or something you physically feel it and see it and hear it and it's like that is real there's no like illusion about it it gets to the point where like the illusion is so well put together that it's real and i think that begins to go with what my deeper statement is yeah is the reality that we perceive normally even without titles and all of that Mm -hmm. may be just a function of our mind yeah, yeah, yeah. It may simply be just our mind expressing itself. Yeah, I had actually so. had a similar experience. This is a little bit of a tangent. <clears throat> okay. When I was younger, I had a dream that I had had a girlfriend, and okay. I always went to her house, as we all do. Yes, and then I went to her house. Nothing happened. We just chilled, and then I bring <laughs> my cousin to her house. Yeah, yeah, sorry. And then it's a completely decrepit, abandoned house, and then I bring him to like the bed where we were chilled, and it's literally just a dirty mattress on the floor. And then he, like, turns to me and he's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Like, and I was like, no, 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 I swear. She was here. This is real. Blah, blah, blah. And I woke up. And in that moment, that, like, completely changed the way, like, I thought of things. It kind of, like, had a weird effect on me where I was truly afraid, like, yeah. how is anything I see real? Yeah. Um, I'd say my earliest, this is probably, like, my earliest, like, even uh, spiritual 
moment. Mm-hmm. I was like a child and I was seven. And uh, okay. when I was a kid, my mom would often bring me to the, the beach or we'd try to find something to do on like weekends, you know, make it a, a special event somehow. For sure. Even though we didn't like have anything to like... To celebrate, yeah. Or any much money to like do much with. Okay. The beach is like, you can go there for free. So in my mind, I was like, this is the fucking shit. But mm-hmm. I remember because... It was a weird sensation. I was uh, sitting down on like a beach log and it was sort of burnt because there's a couple of people probably using it for fires and stuff. And there was, I was sitting on one part that wasn't at all. And my mom and my cousins and stuff were all sitting sort of up there and I was just listening to the water. And then I was just staring out mm-hmm. on like the Atlantic east coast for life but uh <laughs> no i was staring out at to the atlantic and um i remember i was looking at the waves and something clicked and i was like they're kind of hollow and this sort of okay. hollowing sensation came around to like everything even myself where the best way to describe it is like i look i looked at like my arm mm-hmm. and i saw it i could feel it all that and even though in my mind like, I know there's, like, muscles and blood of and bone and cartilage and everything that exists within the, the body stuff. that helps that. It was, it was like, hollow. It was, like, the best way to describe it was it would only be there if something happened and my arm cut open. Then it mm. would materialize. But then, it's, as long as my arm is fine, it's, like, it's, it's empty. So it's but, almost like Schrodinger's cat, sorry. No, no, no. Like, until you perceive it, it's not... I don't know if that Schrodinger's cat would fit that necessarily. Uh, that's more um, a hyper state of reality. This is different from that. And I'm sorry, the perception got deeper. Sorry, I, I'm trying to find the words to be able to explain the sensation. Yeah, no this is a bit difficult. I don't talk about it much. But um, essentially, had this Halloween sensation sort of filled everything. And I remember when that happened, everything kind of felt just like something in my head was like, yo, this this ain't real, John. Mm. And that scared the fuck out of me as a kid. I was, again, I was like seven. Yeah. And I had this like sort of miniature awakening experience. Uh And I was like, oh my God. And I got like really scared. Like, (laughs) it's not real. What? Huh. And I don't know how that realization even came about. It was just. And I've had, like, a lot of those through my life. I've definitely had ego death and and awakening experiences throughout my life. But it usually doesn't happen at that, like, young of an age. Such a stark, yeah. So it took me, like, years until I was, like, 14 or 15. So, like, an entire lifetime for me at that age later to, like, hear about, you know, these different ideas of reality... And mm. people's awakening experiences and then being like, oh, shit. So maybe I, w- I didn't have that crazy moment. Maybe I was like, something just clicked. Yeah. And I don't know what it was at that moment that triggered it. It just happened. Huh. I did have something more to say about the experience itself, but it, it, it left. It left as I started to sort of open up about just my history with the whole thing. But I guess my views on it i'll just continue i'll ramble 
uh, my views on it got... Um, Sorry, I'm liking the story. Keep going. It's all good. Thank <laughs> you, man. So, essentially, when I was, like, uh, 14, after I was already uh, converted into uh, Catholicism, because I did grow up in a Catholic house. Oh, I don't know if I was even aware of that. Interesting. No, I grew up in a, a, a Catholic house. I'm not a Catholic anymore. I don't practice. Okay. Um, I'm an atheist. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. But um, I remember after that, because it was weird. It's weird, because before that, I was dead set on being like, yeah, God's real, Jesus is real, and all that. But it was after I was confirmed, immediately I was like, yo, this shit doesn't seem real anymore. This seems uh, fake. That's and, interesting. Your perception just changed. Yeah, because I remember, it was weird. So when we were there, okay, and they were talking about like these, like, you know, Youth counselors. Oh, the like hip, the hip cool college, hip, hip yeah. college Christian guys. Of and, course, with a guitar. <laughs> yeah, so they were there to, uh, to talk with us at like this big cathedral that we have back home. Uh huh. A legitimate cathedral. It's like a fucking palace. Um, I, sorry, just side tension. I used to work at the museum for that cathedral. Mm. So. I do have, I did have history there, but, uh, okay. I remember when we were there, they had a glass of milk and they're like, this is, uh, this is, you know, this is you, right? And this chocolate, this chocolate Nesquik, this is God. <laughs> and he squeezes it in and it goes to the bottom. He's like, yeah, see, it's there, right? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, once you accept God, he's there, you know, he's part of the glass. He's part of you. Yeah. But he's not part of you but when you truly accept god into your being and they swirl it around and they okay. have the chocolate milk and they're like now take a drink how good is that and it's like it's pretty good and that was their way of saying like like indoctrinating almost not in doc no not indoctrinating <laughs> but i think the message is like to be like absorbent of the lesson that they're trying to teach like be absorbent of like the divine yeah the life. idea because it's one thing to just be like, yeah, God's there, whatever. It's another thing to truly believe. To like absorb it into your being. Fully, yeah. And I think when I saw that, a part of me, it was weird because I think it had the opposite effect. Instead of drawing me towards Catholicism, mm -hmm. immediately I was like, oh, this shit just isn't it. Yeah. And so after that, when I was 15, I got into like all that spiritual stuff. Like of course, chakras yeah. and... And Satanism. astral projection and <laughs> no, not Satanism. That shit still scared me for like ages because that part of me was still like that shit still scares me. Not gonna lie, it's not. It's not. I know now it's not scary. I'm scared of like the the fake Satanism, but that's a tangent. Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, because oh. it took me ages to like try to get an experience like that again. That hollowness. Hmm. And it was my 16th birthday. Okay. And uh, at this party, I, I won't say any names at all. For sure. But Maybe use initials. Not even. Okay. Not even. No, no, no. AD, sure. Okay, after death. After death. Um. So after death, that's who we're calling this guy. Yeah. He's a good friend of mine. He <laughs> was very big on a you know tripping and stuff and at the time i was very anti against it. i was like no 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 no. and he's like dude dude just i got this right here it's called dimethyltryptamine wow 
Was that your first experience? That was my first drug ever. Wow, you went hard right away. Yep. <laughs> so I had it and immediately that same, it wasn't the hollowness of it, but it was like a connectedness and everything. Mm. And it made me reinterpret that hollow moment that I thought was so scary as a child because I didn't have the context but I was like connected with everything because I shared that hollowness with the environment and the world around me yeah like when I say hollowness it wasn't just a physical thing like it was even like the words and the sounds had an emptiness like it I don't know how to explain like things that weren't physical had that emptiness to them as well that hollowness okay it was it was like again it sounds completely ridiculous when I try to recount that but that was my second major experience with it when I was 16, which was like nine years later. Uh-huh. And then after that, I was like, oh my God. Whoa. You had like your own little awakening. I was like, dude. Huh, that's crazy. This shit's, this shit's kind of false. And I tried to reconcile it for ages. So I was like, I, I identified as like a theist. Like, it's like, I believe in a higher power, but I just don't have a religion. And You I just was, don't know, yeah. And then I was like, pagan for like a year and a half. Okay. And I went to like all the different pantheons and I was trying them all out. These different rituals and Were stuff. Were you like I a just, Wiccan? That's generally what they are, right? Uh, Wiccans are perform uh, pagan magic is what they call i did more traditional magic okay shit like that so interesting uh i got really into like norse and i identified as a heathen for a while um i don't know if i should actually share this story but i i think i i do want to for people who are going on the spiritual path because there's a lot of people out there who try to exploit that and use that against you and have power over you for sure yeah um when i was 18 Mm -hmm. i was technically part of an online cult oh my god interesting that's so crazy so so um it started out it it was weird because uh, when I was 17, I had a group yeah. of people that I went on Skype with and we played like D&D together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a D&D group, but the rest of them played like uh, League of Legends and I hate that game. No offense to those who like it. I hate that game I as well. I hate it. Okay, I guess we're not fans of it on this channel. No. No League of Legends here, but... If you like it, stop listening. But <laughs> but uh, they met this uh, one guy okay. on there who was like, he was pagan and stuff. Uh-huh. But he was like proficient with like tarot, but he uh i did find out later that he was like he had like a degree in psychology oh and so shit. he gatless he gas lit the fuck yeah out of all of us and it started out like you know he's just like doing some weird stuff and i was just at the time i was really open to like experience strange <clears throat> strange phenomena you're young makes sense so i was like yo yeah that's crazy shit and um I just, I remember at the beginning, it was, like, really mind-blowing stuff. I was like, whoa, 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 these concepts. And he introduced me to a lot of uh, occult ideas. Okay. But he never understood them. And I know that in retro, excuse me, I know that in retrospect, the guy was an idiot. Hmm. Like, he was brilliant book-wise. Yeah. And he liked the occult for its aesthetic and the power it could bring him. He didn't understand a fucking thing about it. He didn't respect it. it. He didn't respect it. He didn't understand a thing. He didn't practice it. He was full of shit. 
Hmm. And so this goes on for a bit. We are we're all getting along, and we're I'm learning you know new concepts and stuff. And it's interesting, but then I notice at one point he uh, begins to contradict himself. Yeah. And so I try calling him out on it. In private, I'm like, I don't mean to call him out. I'm trying to be like, you said this. Straight but, up, yeah, like just for clarification. you said this, but then you also said that. I don't understand. Well, what do you mean? And he got like really volatile with me. And so that sort of set me off at the beginning. And then after that, because I was like the star pupil. Yeah. Because I was like the favorite one. You were one. fully ready to accept everything he said, essentially. Yeah. And then when I started pointing out the hypocrisies, he started getting angry with me and shit. I was like, huh. And then I um, I began to sort of drift away from that stuff. Because I started to realize a lot of the shit he was saying was completely false. Like, mm-hmm. he he talked about, like, speaking with, like, supernatural beings and able to, like, move energy and fire with his hands oh okay yeah like more flashy shit more magic like harry potter looking magic magic, yeah and i didn't fully believe him but a part of me was like well what if you wanted it to be real yeah i was like what if this could possibly be reality and they just don't bring it up Uh so a part of me was just staying to see how far he'd keep going with this and at the end it was just so fucking ridiculous and then i uh i was watching this movie it was about a bunch of like just basic philosophical ideas. It's yeah. like a documentary almost. Mm-hmm. And I just took one of the monologues from it and I just typed it into the chat. And he got fucking vile. He's like, you think you're smarter than me, you little shit? You think you're wiser than me? You think you have more authority than me? Oh my God. And he began to feel threatened that I was trying to take his authority away from this group, which was called the Blue Moon Coven, by okay. the way. And I'm saying that now in case that thing is still going on. And if he has any people in there still, his initials are JL. Get the fuck out. That is crazy. Because, no, I'm sorry, I'm not done. No, keep going. So at one point, he goes like, John. And I'm like, what? At this point, he's like, listen, the gods are upset with you and he's going on about oh stupid God. shit and at yeah. this point I don't I'm not buying it anymore because at the beginning he never brought up gods or demons or anything like mm-hmm. that he just brought up these like divination and like he talked about like uh, visionary work at the beginning and like yeah. stuff like that more just functions and skills and which does have some like, basis in reality no yeah. theology in mm-hmm. it. it was more like shaman work at the yeah. beginning which was what appealed to me, like sort of dealing with sort of the energies inside you and the mental images you perceive and the mental yeah. mind, exploring the mind. Yeah. And it became more about this like theological, like Poseidon, he's angry and shit like that. And he just used it to fuck with all these other people. And I'm like, it, no, it doesn't apply to me. And at one point he goes like, they, they're not ang- they're upset with you. I'm going to have to kick you out of the group. And you cannot talk about your spiritual beliefs or your philosophical ideas or anything like that. Or those you tell are going to Tartarus, which is the equivalent of hell in ancient yes. Greece. And he's like, you're fucking everyone over if you do that. And I remember I was like, this is so full of shit. But then a part of me was like... Scared. Scared. But I looked back and it's like, he's just trying to control like... Control you. The yeah, philosophy people, yeah. is the shit I love. 
more than anything. And he's trying to say, like, if you talk about the thing you love without my permission, you are damning people. Oh, my God. And he was trying to do that. And I essentially was just... I, It was a big fuck you moment. I was like, it's not going to happen. And he's like, yes, it is. And I was like, no, it's not. He's like, yeah, there's a curse put on you. And I'm like, no, there fucking isn't. There literally fucking isn't. You have no power over yeah. me. And he kicked me out. And you might think that was a triumphant moment. It took me about a year and a half to get over it. Well, that gonna... shit stuck with me. Because I would like sit there and I would just be like maybe playing uh, a game on my PlayStation. And the thought would hit me like, yo, I was fucking like banished. Yeah. And the people that were part of that group were... One of them in particular was really important to me. We fucking that, hate yeah. each other now. We're enemies. I, I, I'm at the point I could forgive this guy if I ever saw him oh again. Oh my god. I could forgive him, but as far as I know, he still fucking hates me. Did you know these people in real life, or was it strictly... The JL guy, I didn't know in real life. The rest of them were like a... Two friend. of them in the... Three of them in the group, I knew personally. And they hated me after that. They excluded me because he got them to like Holy shit. hate me. And that that's part of it. They like they it's bleeds. part of the gaslighting shit. But yeah. one of them one of them who uh it was ironic that everyone in the group's name started with J. Hmm. But this guy, um his name was uh James. And I don't feel bad saying his name, I'm not gonna say his last name because Yeah, don't talk him. No, because if I could meet this guy again and I could talk this out and hopefully we could be friends because this guy was the dude who introduced me to, like, role-playing games. Oh. But role-playing games are inter- what introduced me to, like, acting. And, like, oh, my, yeah. My, that would passion, my passion for life. Huh. And a part of me has to thank this guy, James, for that. Mm-hmm. He essentially was the first... I not he wasn't the exact first because a lot of people like you should go into theater try acting yeah but he was the first one to like show me through a different medium like oh this is shit i actually really want to do and so this whole cult mentality cults in general will fucking tear you apart they will completely ruin you and that shattered my perception of reality for a while like am i that big of an idiot to fall for it yeah, am that I that really... big of a fool? And I'm, 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 I'm gonna put it this way: it's really easy to fall for that shit. Oh no, for sure, it's always like an abuse of power. Like it's an abuse of power, but the thing is, they they draw you in by making you feel like super special. Oh yeah, like complete. I think the term they use because I looked stuff up. I think they call it love bombing. Oh. Where, like, they kind of, like, give you compliments, build you up, and then kind of tear you down when they feel like it's worthwhile. They build you up to, like, draw you in. Yeah. And to draw everyone in. And then they slowly but surely enforce the idea that their way is the right way. Yeah. And if you don't agree with it, you're doing something terribly wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. murder level wrong. And so, dealing with that... For a while, my spiritual search was hindered, and I just ignored all of it. I was just like, no, no, I'm I'm not doing that. Uh-huh. That's and, crazy. Uh, I had to go through the loss of someone very close to me 
and being in my room for like an entire month with the curtains closed and like I wouldn't open the door I didn't go to any of my classes like there was I completely bombed my first year of like college Mm. I threw that away because I got after losing this person I I got I was like in such a depressive episode didn't talk to anyone yeah I remember at one point I was just numb and uh, a good buddy of mine Malik I was like dude you we gotta figure this shit out you gotta like get out of this man yeah 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 and thankfully I had a good amount of support and people around me and a lot of friends to get me out of that stump and eventually I mended somewhat from it I mean it still hurts but like um and now you're hosting a podcast now I'm hosting a podcast now you're leading it but uh I essentially moved far away from where I was from and I started looking again and I began to more frequently have those um awakening experiences which some of them are vastly different in nature but I've had one day where I was able, able to like maintain this sort of state of nothingness is the best way to put it for like my entire waking day and then like it, huh. it, it I just sat there and breathed you existed I simply just yeah huh. to say what I quote a lot I when a people ask me what I'm doing I usually just say oh I'm just existing but well it's funny what, I, yeah sorry for keep cutting you oh, off I'm so no, sorry no 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 I was just gonna say I do have a cult story as well but if you're still going uh I was just going to get, because this is a long, I guess I needed to talk about it. Yeah, it's fine. But I I began to get back into this sort of spiritual search and, excuse me, I, um, I eventually began to produce these effects more frequently when I like meditate or when I get to, I don't even have a term for it. It's not even like, you know, getting in a pose and meditating, but like sometimes in conversation, it's never happened now. Or sometimes when I'm actively doing something, mm-hmm. I'm able to let go. Like when I act. And just act without being there almost. When I act. Yeah. Yeah. So when I'm on like stage or when I'm in character or something, it's the best way to describe it is it's just the observation of reality moving itself. Okay. It's just reality. So time is moving, moving through you, essentially. I don't know what you mean by time. In the sense through that, me. like you're perceiving time as it's happening. Like imagine your life is just happening. The timeline of your life. Like yeah, no, yeah. I'm just watching the motions of yeah. reality. It's not even like John is in character. It's just like it's the just observation of reality. It's hard to explain because there's no concept of I in that moment. Yeah. It's just reality happens. Okay. And so there's this kind of like, I guess, meditative state in that where sometimes I'm just doing stuff and then I, because it sounds really shitty to say this because a lot of people are like, you're just a, an egotistical fuck saying you're like super spiritually talented and stuff like being able to enter this state. But I tend to be able to be very calm a lot of the time because I'm able to just release for however i do know what long, you mean yeah. um so me and john actually met in a cult um whenever we were <laughs> <laughs> whenever we were at lunch during the cults there would be times where he was just sitting there doing nothing staring off yeah just just kind of living his life 
yeah. not even living his life just being there um so i can kind of attest to i know what you mean by just kind of you just sitting there i've seen it happen yeah like you just let go for that hour yeah sometimes yeah and i don't know because a part of me when i come back i feel like a sham a little bit because i you know i go on everyone's talking about like oh yeah and all these buddhist monks sit up in the mountains for like 30 years to attain this state of being and, yeah oh this dude took like five meo to become the center of reality so zen, yeah and it's like these people spend years or shit ton of money on it and then when people come to me when i'm sort of in a zen state and i'm not really paying attention to the words it's just uh-huh it just happens comes out. they're kind of like well, what do you do? What do you do? What's your technique? I'm like, I'm just sit there and breathe. Oh, huh. Bro, there's no mantra. There's no deep skill you have to attain. There's nothing. There is a lot of power in just you paying just, attention to your breathe, like just letting go essentially. Because I have meditated in the past. Yeah, well, it's not even to the degree you have to like pay attention to your breaths. It's literally it's just sit there and breathe. If you have a thought that you're attached to, just sit there with the thought, think it out, whatever it is, but like, fucking breathe yeah that's the best way i can put it and then it'll eventually just coincide with you just beginning to exist especially it's, in modern I'm life i'm sorry i don't it's very difficult to explain no it's fine because even in modern life like life is so fast nowadays you've always got to be on the move or at least not so much now with covid but it used to be where people are always on the run they're always going from point a to point b nobody ever really just sits down and takes that minute to mm-hmm. truly like center themselves almost even me like i can say i've stopped meditating entirely um it never had those same effects for me mm-hmm. but i've always been pretty partial to the act of just it's sort of like a mental relaxation yeah i'm it, not gonna say it's like easy because oh, no, i'm coming off as like being cocky I'm, I'm i'm not saying like i can just go into this state when i mm-hmm. will it happens i can even say it happens like i'm saying it happens frequently but it's not always by well sometimes i'm able to like manifest it but sometimes yeah. i'm just so relaxed that it happens it's mm-hmm. well i can say even for me like my mind just always is moving i'm always thinking of like two or three things at once by the way when earlier when he said cult he, he meant workplace <laughs> i was gonna leave that as like a little teaser no 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 but we all used to get in a big room in the morning and chat. <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay all right um, here go about your th- I, I guess i'll just say so every morning so we would throughout... get there and say, no. get that money. We chant the... to the Lord. Okay. All right. Hold on. Hold on. To the before, big goat. Before we get to the big goat. Before we get to the big goat. <laughs> yeah. So essentially what I'm trying to get that though is in my personal life, I've had the moments where reality was an illusion to such a degree that like, okay, even though I'm existing here and I'm participating in it. It's a it's a win and a lose. It's a win because life becomes a little less difficult. It becomes a little more beautiful in a way, but at the same time, you're sort of disconnected. I I was gonna say I feel like you'd lose out on some of that like vibrantness of life, and with that attitude, there well, there's a beauty to it. The world becomes. I don't want to use the word heaven. But it becomes very idyllic in that state. 
because you have no attachment at all. So you can just purely enjoy everything. But it makes you distant from the people around you, which is yeah. why I think sometimes I find it difficult to like... To attach to people. To even talk to people sometimes. Because oh, it's yeah. like the things I really want to talk about, even off this podcast, the shit that I truly want to talk about, it's like so... So niche? Niche? Niche, yeah. Like it has to be something that like people kind of have to know and And have some interest, yeah. You have to have some experience within some... I I don't know. It's it's difficult, but um, I'm not upset. I'm still doing pretty well. That's good. Um... But yeah, yeah, in my personal life, I, reality is an illusion like that. So I view that as the simulation. Okay. Sort of. So I was just going to say, it would be really funny if right now we just didn't talk about simulation at all. Yeah. And we just ended on a bit about how you perceived it to be an episode about simulations. But it's about cults. <laughs> <laughs> we did like a weird meta joke. Wow. Um, I, uh, I wish I wish I thought of that, but no. No, uh, yeah, we... So, yeah, long tangent, but it does go hand in hand because I feel like you have to bring up the fact that, like, I'm sure we talked about last episode or the other episode about the idea that, like, you are just your brain, essentially. I believe that, we have talked about you, that in the past. I don't believe you're your brain or your mind. I don't believe that, but uh, that idea has come up around there. I meant more like this is just a vessel, like the body. Yeah, I think... It, the best way to put it, I think the reality around us is a vessel. You think everything? Like everything, everything is a cradle. Everything is a vessel for the perception. Huh. Well, it's Even that little voice, the eye in you, is part of that vessel. Well, we were talking earlier about the idea that your perception also changes the way you interact with the world. Yeah, on a most fundamental level. Yeah, yeah, like parents who have to save their child suddenly get super strength because they need it. Mm-hmm. Um, adrenaline is obviously a big factor in it, which we were talking about. Um, yeah, earlier today. Yeah, but there is a lot of evidence that our brain also shapes the way the world interacts with us. Yeah, which is oh, hundred percent. It's interesting because, like, when people are in severe situations, they can do amazing feats, but normally we can't do that garbage. Yeah, well, which, I wouldn't even just say that not cult but occult okay a lot of them talk about uh magic rituals magic with ck yeah but like old school magic but if we go with the basic idea of a sigil which is probably like the one of the easiest yeah uh things you could do for magic um so essentially a sigil in the most basic form gives you a guidance for your perception mm-hmm. so let's say i'm not going to explain how you make one there's billion yeah. videos on youtube maybe another there's episode so much, yeah but a sigil is essentially like i want money or whatever i want yeah. I, I, I want love i, I want let's not make it let's let, yeah love, love love yeah let's go with that something beautiful i want love i want someone to fall in love with me sure okay so you do that boom whatever and eventually because if you've done it properly and you've gone through the whole thing you begin to perceive more love in your life yeah or if you're looking for because you actively look for it yeah or if you're looking for wealth and you do the sigil 
uh, eventually you'll find maybe more financial opportunity or just maybe you'll see money lying around. But it's yeah. like it's more you're adjusting your mind to look for it. Mm-hmm. People think of it as like you're altering the universe to summon this thing you're looking for to you. Yeah. Not at all. Mm. You are simply waking up to that aspect that you're looking for. You're just waking up to it. It's always there. Yeah, you just start paying attention. You're just paying attention. Humans have confirmation bias, yeah. And it's like an unconscious paying attention. That's sort of what magic yeah. with the CK is. It's like it's it's a weird tool to sort of bend the unconscious towards something you need so that way more of your perception is focused towards that. Yeah. Yeah. But we've been talking a lot about you know the 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 mind and the soul so i wanted to tie it back in just to bring it back so let's go with the actual simulation so i was going to say this ties directly into the movie the matrix okay i'm sure everybody's familiar with it there's a big theory with the matrix that neo is the one but every single character in the movie is also the one like the idea is neo just perceives himself to be able to stop the bullets yeah he just believes he can do it so because of that perception, he becomes the one. Is that the case? Well, it's debatable because his name is literally an anagram for one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but isn't, not to get into the movie too much, but yeah. isn't he supposed to be a program in a human body? That's what makes him special? Like he was a computer pro- program uh, put into a human vessel? That might be later stuff. I don't really remember that, actually. Yeah, yeah. But I was just going to say, so that does actually tie in directly with the idea of the simulations. Because theoretically, if you do perceive everything to be fake and you to have this higher power, you would just be able to reprogram everything. Yeah. Like, you could just suddenly fly because there's no real laws of physics. You could just theoretically alter it with your thoughts. If that was the case, yeah. Yeah. Um, Then again, they talk about in the East, like, yogis who have these things called cities, which... I know it sounds like city, but... Okay, thanks for the clarification. <laughs> uh, city, which is S-I-D-D-H-A, I Oh, believe. yes. These are like supernatural powers one can attain on their way to enlightenment or uh-huh. sort of when they reach this yogic state. And a lot of people talk about them like, don't get too invested in them because if you do, then you're lo- completely losing the point of letting go. Yeah. And there's one, there's a couple of spiritual teachers that even say that these abilities are like the last, you know, sort of final test before you become enlightened. Some of them say that because it's like, dude, if you can fly and become the size of the planet and enter a different dimension, why would you not just fully, you know, interact with reality at this highest scale? Yeah. What would be stopping you? Why it's would you ever ulti- walk for a bus? But it's also the yeah, ultimate like... attachment to it as well. Uh-huh. Because at that point, you can fix anything that's a problem, but then you're kind of like, you, you there's be- a dissatisfactory to You become world. almost like a god in that regard. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. But then it's like, all right, you're still suffering. Yeah. Even well- with the ability to, like, fly, you still suffer, so... uh what you thinking yeah 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 yeah. well i don't know so i was gonna say like i kind of do dig the whole idea of a simulation that everything is a simulation because realistically if but are you looking at this like from a computer a strictly a computer so picture video games are the best example 
All right. The very first video game, Pong. It's not the first, but we'll call it the first. Then you, of course, have classics like Shadow the Hedgehog pop up in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Then you have some classics like Sims 2 and the whole Sims series. What is Sims doing but simulating real life? Okay. So technology constantly scales up and up, and it keeps getting better and better at simulating real life. Who there's no reason to believe we will not eventually be able to create a game like Sims that's just real life. Like, but yeah, I guess that poses the terrifying question: if we could make a program so advanced that it becomes its own reality, then there's no way of saying that we're not a program that's, ourselves. That's a scary thing. Is and like, it could be an infinite loop. Yeah, like we could be. I read it somewhere that there was this idea that like we are theoretically in multiple layers of a simulation mm-hmm. and that because we are, it doesn't actually matter that we're in a simulation yeah. because it's the exact same as a real world. Yeah. If it's an infinite amount of simulations, it's real. Yeah. And realistically a society that eventually keeps climbing higher and higher and getting more and more technologically advanced, they have nothing but like things to earn by simulating like primitive technologies, mm-hmm. uh, civilization. Sorry. They would be able to simulate an entire universe from the Big Bang forward just to see what the the history would be. Maybe, yeah. There would be no no reason for them not to. Hmm. Um like even purely on like a game level, people would enjoy the idea of being able to create borderline real people. Yeah, create a world and be Yeah. Like this supernatural Look at like uh Force that watches over it. Oh no, yeah, like look at uh, Elder Scrolls is a good example yes. as well. Oh my god, I love Elder Scrolls. Eventually that's going to get to a point where it's just basically real. For that one moment you'll perceive a section of that world. But it's... I, I, I would like to dedicate an episode to the philosophy of Elder Scrolls because that fantasy series has like some brilliant ideas in it. A lot of them yeah. are just taken from Eastern religions, but <laughs> still, I, yeah. I really enjoy the ideas of it. But uh... Yeah, down. I'm down. Down for that. But yeah, look for that. Look forward next week. Not actually. Look next for week. the Gummy Bear album. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. So I was gonna say, yeah, like people always say that the idea that we're in a simulation is dumb. You okay. know, people always say we'd see clear glitches because they view the idea of a simulation through modern technology. Modern technology does not allow us to simulate life. No. But the future easily would. Mm-hmm. There is a game as well that you've mentioned wanting to play, so I will not spoil it. But it's it basically ends with the idea that humanity is dead, and they basically have to simulate a world to keep humanity living. Okay. So they simulate a borderline heaven. And then like everybody's kind of aware because they signed up for this heaven. But to them, it's just like a switch. They're getting scanned into it, and then they're in heaven. There's no like transition between. Oh. They never perceive they exist in the real timeline, but they just start off in heaven as well. Okay. Because they just duplicated their consciousness. Their consciousness, yes. Yeah, okay. So when you look at it like that as well, there's no reason to believe humanity will not get to a point where we'll just start simulating our own things. VR is already semi moving towards it as well. Yeah. Um Oh my god. Yeah. And I don't mean to scare people. I just think it's... No, we're dealing with a heavier topic. The idea that reality is fake 
is not a light thing than just titling yeah. this. I mean, anyone who listens coming in, they're going to know that, like, yeah, it's not going to be an easy episode, even though probably a good portion of it was dedicated to, to warning cults. about a cult. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't think it actually matters, to be honest, if we are a simulation. Mm. I know that's a weird stance to take because people like to believe that they are completely in control of who they are. Yeah. But they still could be. Even if we're AI programs and nothing we ever do will matter or whatever. That's not to say that... What's the difference between us being an AI program and a... A flesh person? soul, yeah, theoretically. We even, still feel... Even like AI programs could be argued to be like souls. When you really think about what they represent. If they truly feel, yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't... I mean, I'd be a little surprised if i found out i'd be a little shook but um i don't think i'd be upset too long that's why the idea of like an infinite layer of simulation doesn't bother me Mm -hmm. because it's kind of like ah we're all there yeah like people will. doesn't matter how high or how low you go yeah you're always in it people's are always in it um you could even argue like people are afraid that like that means somebody could unplug us right at any moment we could die Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we already talk about how at any moment the universe could just collapse. Like, yeah. these threats are always present. It's not, like, exclusive to simulations. Yeah. At any moment in time, the sun could just explode. Everybody on Earth could <laughs> die. Like, Oh, no. <laughs> like, that's a very real thing. Yeah, the sun could just explode, dude. Even then, like, people theorize the end of the universe will come when the universe is stretching, okay? Yeah. Constantly. So yeah, eventually... Yeah, no, there... I, sorry. Yeah, go the, ahead. From the one documentary proposed that, like, everything would just become really flat. Yeah. It, it'll either be flat or just literally tear. Like, space itself will start tearing. Which is impossible to imagine what that would look like. But it would not feel nice. You want to know? <laughs> <laughs> you looking to find out, bro? And there's actually another topic I wanted to bring up as well. I'm sure you're familiar with the Mandela effect. Yes. Yeah. So, well, just... Uh, how does the... Okay. No, hold on. I think it's what you're going to yes. Go ahead, go ahead. So, the Mandela effect is the idea... I'm sure everybody knows Nelson Mandela. Is the idea that people believed he died in the 90s. But then he actually died, I believe, 2016? Or he's still alive? No, he's dead. Anyways, yeah. So, it's the idea that people believed he was dead. He's not. And then people were wrong. So because of that, they named it the Mandela Effect. Yeah, he died 2013. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So it's the idea that people believed he was dead, but he wasn't. And they truly believe that he was dead. Well, there's a lot of him. So like the Berenstain Bears. Berenstain. All, all, all that. But um, a part of that, at least I'm coming at this from a little bit of a skeptical point of view, could just be For a sure. common mistake that people made. Oh, no, absolutely. The Mandela Effect could simply just be like... It's just a common mistake that's made. A lot of them are really dumb. Like the Berenstein Bears one. It's like, I get it. it. It is shocking. Even I was shocked. But it's like, nobody as a child paid attention to how to spell Berenstein. Berenstein. But anyway, you were about to say. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, one of the main ideas behind it. People like to say that that's proof of glitches in the universe. <laughs> that these are weird tiny little hiccups that we're witnessing because we're aware of it but the world is just slowly 
well, messing I, up have you like heard, a program. Have you heard about like the alternate universe theory? The people who experienced Mandela effects were in oh an alternate god, reality. Oh my god! Yeah, then they came to this. And then reality. they came to this one. I'm like, oh my god! Come on, man. Which is such a crazy idea. The fact that you would believe, like, oh, I'm from another universe because Mandela is alive. Instead of admitting to the fact that, that I you made a wrong. mistake, so all these other people made the same mistake. So it must be <laughs> that we're all from a different universe. That. My God, I'm sorry, let me just say how amazing it is the human mind will go out of its way to try to justify the unexplainable or like flaws in general. Like there's those people, you know, uh, bigots who are complete racist, homophobic, fascist pieces of shit. I don't, uh, I'm not going to be shy about my politics. Politics. I'm not a fan. My politics. Your politics. It's just uh, just trying to keep it away from them noticing the word I use. Okay, okay, that's that's a good call. We're we are very a non-politic podcast. Thank you, but um, like they know they're wrong. Yeah, it's the idea that they're like, listen, listen, better. Li- li- like even when it comes to the whole cult thing, like yeah, the whole time I knew I was wrong. Oh yeah. But I still wanted to you, be right. You wanted to be right. So I lived the lie because I wanted to be right. Because I know that maybe that's why I tend to be able to let go easier. Because it's just like, I know what it's like to have the reality shatter and just be like, oh, well, fuck it. Yeah. Because at some point you have to admit you were wrong and people will die. But people die. do not want people to. People will yeah. fucking die. People will make up the argument that they come from an alternate universe instead of being wrong. Just because they don't believe the Berenstein Bears has an A in it. Because they don't want to be wrong. Yeah. Nobody wants to be incorrect. So to be clear though, there are some examples of the Mandela effect that are crazy. Um, often, crazy. Like to the point where even I was kind of shocked. Um, off the top of my head, I cannot remember them. But there are a few where, like, if you were to look up a list, you would be semi, like, freaked out by how much you do remember. Like, there's entire episodes of shows that I remember that are just fake. Not, never happen. And people remember it. Yeah. Um, Which is, I can see why people do believe it. You know, if you truly... It's a common, like, when enough people make that same mistake, you feel there's a validity... But that's the thing. That's that. human confirmation bias. If that's me and you, a, you yeah. if me and you were sitting in a room and we heard a noise, yeah. say it's just a lamp falling, yeah, and I just turn to you and I'm like, "Yo, that sounded like growling," because it's scraped or something. You would be more likely to be like, "Yeah, I think it was," even though it, yeah, it, it wasn't. It was just a lamp. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting because well, there's this one thing I saw. <laughs> It was a study for peer pressure, yeah. but it goes along those lines where there's a group of 13 people at a table yeah, and only one of them was an actor and they did this with like 15 people. So there's mm-hmm. like 13 at the table, but one seat is a real person each time. And they did this like f- 15 times and they would go around the table and be like, there's a lizard there. And uh, someone would they would start out the actors would be like no of course not there's nothing there but then they'd be like no there is a legitimate lizard there and they would keep them in the room and eventually one of the other actors would be like yeah there is a lizard there and eventually people would do that and they would turn to the real person and be like is there a lizard there 
Uh-huh. And they would say yes. Now, whether they believe that or not was part of the peer pressure test. Yeah. What they found out was that some of them, like not not over half, but at least a portion of them were legitimately like, I believe there must have been a lizard there that I just maybe didn't see. Uh-huh. Or something like that. Like they're trying to find a way to justify... The fact that they... That they admitted to a falsity. Uh-huh. They're trying to justify and be like, no, yeah, there definitely was. Maybe I just didn't see it or maybe it was the color of the table. Or maybe it moved away. May- like they'll find a million excuses to try to justify the fact they were wrong. Uh-huh. Because we rather believe in something fantastical than the simple truth of it. And I don't know. It it's part of human nature to want to always be right. To want to, to be, want to be right, and better. if you can't be correct, then you find a way to justify your falsity to make it correct. Because mm-hmm. it's far harder to admit you're wrong, I guess, and grow. Yeah. So I guess there are examples of other glitches in reality, like, but I don't think any of that is really relevant. It's mostly hearsay. I was actually going to ask you, mm-hmm. would you, do you believe this is a simulation? I believe reality is an illusion. To That's an, yeah. incredibly similar to a simula- simulation, yeah. Yeah. Um, I personally don't really think it matters either way. Mm. Uh, things we perceive are still real to us, right? Well, there's this quote from... Uh, a book called Queen of the Black Coast, which is a a, a Conan book. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, if you could just talk for a second, I can try to look up the monologue itself. For sure. Actually, what I'm going to do is bring up... There's this famous CEO. She recently died. It was very depressing. Um, kind of a sad topic, but I did want to bring it up based on her last words. Okay. So she was a known bipolar. She had severe mental issues. Um, her name is Erin Valenti, in case you want to look it up. It's a very sad story. Uh, she is, like, real. But, um, so she went to, like, this tech conference. So then she calls her boyfriend, and she's seemingly talking crazy nonsense, right? Then she calls her mom, and she's rambling about how, like, scared she is and how truly terrified she is. And the mom's trying to get information. And her last words to the mom were, this is all a game. We're in the Matrix. She hangs up and then she's found dead afterwards. Holy shit. So. Like this just came out of nowhere? Yeah. It's. The family says she doesn't have any mental issues. There's been a lot of debate. Um, People theorize that she probably died because she talked a lot about human trafficking, which generally happens to people who speak out against human trafficking. Um, But I've always found that story truly scary. Because she was part of a huge, like, Seattle startup that was actually looking into, like, alternate reality, looking into VR and simulations and similar stuff like that. Most of their stuff is, I believe they haven't even announced anything crazy, but just those last words are definitely bizarrely haunting. It happened around Thanksgiving last year. Okay, I can't actually find the the quote itself, the the monologue from the thing but uh essentially so conan himself is speaking with uh bellet or i can't re- i can't i can't remember how to pronounce her name mm-hmm. exactly um 
Yeah, Bullet, I believe. Okay. But the she is like the captain of this pirate ship. Conan becomes a part of it. Mm-hmm. But this is the first woman that he genuinely like loves in okay. his life. Like not just like slept with or had an interest in, but the two of them genuinely feelings. love each other. And it's really cool because you get to see them sort of talk about like what they think about life and... It's this really cool moment where you see how intelligent Conan actually is. He's not a bubbling idiot. He's not just idiot. a dumb barbarian. No, he's very smart. But the two of them are talking, and she's asking him about, like, his faith. And he essentially is like, listen, uh, I don't care whether the gods exist or not. I don't know if I have to await the mists of Krom's realm, or if I'm going to go to Valhalla with Ymir when I die... Or if there's going to be nothing like the Nemedian skeptics. Nemedians are like a group of people. Okay. Um, essentially, it doesn't matter. But when my blood boils, when the blades flame and crimson, when I taste the blood of steak that I eat, when I taste the sting of wine on my palate, when I relish in the glory of victory, when I do all this shit... Whether reality is an illusion or not, it is real to me in that moment, and I will fucking enjoy it until I die. Huh. Conan has this like beautiful, like this beautiful philosophy of like, literally, the past doesn't matter, the future doesn't matter, nothing matters, but you in that moment and what is happening. And. It, because he's this, you know, great, you know, hero. He's led armies. He's yeah. killed sorcerers left and right and all this stuff. But in the end, you kind of get a glimpse of him just like, I'm just trying to exist. If I didn't have to do th- that shit, I probably wouldn't. Yeah. I just do because I have to. It's not my fault that I end up running into every magic wielding <laughs> dick yeah. in the world. They just happen to want to kill me. Mm-hmm. It's not my fault. Mm. so like but yeah it's just a quote that I, I, I love it I used to be able to recite the monologue off by that's heart that's such a that reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from this video I don't know if you've ever seen it so it's like it's something about like in this gym high school right mm-hmm. and like people are talking about how wrestling is fake okay yeah and then one man stands up and he's crying with tears in his eyes and he says it's real to me, damn it. Because he perceives wrestling to be real. He wants it to be real. Yeah. That's just like reality. That's just like Conan. That's just like anything we do. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course this... Uh... Of course Hulk Hogan's real. <laughs> of course the king was divinely ordained. Yeah. Why else will we let him rule us? It's not like we're a bunch of people who let... Uh, a couple rich guys step all over us. Oh. Yeah, I can't believe that you sat between two millionaires as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but man. yeah, do you have any final thoughts? You know, this kind of topic of nature that we're speaking of, the illusion, the, 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 the simulation, the, the falsity of reality can sometimes be a very heavy topic. Yeah. Very scary. Oh even. yeah. It's scary to think that, you know, everything you've experienced, fake. everything you've built up to the work 
you've put into yourself and your life or the lack of work or whatever it might be that it's it's scary to think that's all for nothing and even it's scary because it goes hand in hand with like the idea of death like yeah death is that reminder of oh it doesn't matter what the fuck you do everything's gonna return to nothing it's gonna go back so there's that scariness there inherently and the simulation idea is like fuck i already know that this is gonna end but don't tell me that this is also not real yeah that goes to the crisis of what is real but i think that's a good thing to have i mean i'm i had that when i was seven so i was lucky enough to get that out of the way yeah 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 get that out of the way when i was younger but um I think, sorry, it's just have courage. Don't be afraid to look. Don't be afraid to search. If you don't want to, don't. You don't have to. No one's making you. You can do whatever you want to do. Live and believe whatever you want. Yeah. But if you're going to look for truth, you're going to learn a lot of shit you don't want to know. Yeah. And I'm talking like... More awakening mentally. More mentally, yeah. And if you want to use the term enlightenment, you can. But you're going to experience a lot of uncomfortable, a lot of difficult things. Mm. A lot of questions you don't want to ask. And a lot of answers you don't want to hear are going to come up. They're going to, And sometimes the shit you figure out is like super simple. Yeah. Like, so simple, you don't know why you overthought it. And other things are going to be so beyond what you can communicate. It, It's going to be a very troubling, maybe even lonely experience. So, it's not something to take super lightly, but I encourage you to do it. Because life becomes more fulfilling and things begin to fit together. Mm. And, you know... You can be comfortable. Yeah, live your or life. Or you can do something. Yeah, be the you you want to be. Sure. Yeah. A1. My last words. So if you watch The Matrix, people love to talk about how Neo is the main character. Neo is the one who saves humans. Neo is the one. Because his name is an anagram. Yeah. But the truth is, the one is actually Agent Smith. Oh, okay. He's the Let's one... go move. We're talking movie now. Tell me, how is Agent Smith the one? He's the one who transcends his programming. He destroys the simulation for personal petty vendetta. He completely destroys everything that he was designed to do. He multiplies himself. He becomes a rogue AI able to take control of the simulation itself. Okay. He transcends everything he was designed to do and be. Nice. And in doing that, he shaped his own reality. Okay, 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 okay. You just brought up the thought. Yeah. But this is a a wonderful thing to bring about because it goes back to sort of the 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 cult thing that came up earlier. Yeah. So, we got two guys, right? Yeah. Agent Smith and Neo. Okay. Now, what makes them both powerful, other than they're able to manipulate the reality around them. That's belief. Not just... They exist almost outside of the belief. 
Yeah, I guess so. The two of them are entities that Actually, are able to bend the world to their whim. Yeah, because... So you have... It's like... It, this goes to like dangerous spiritual teachers. Because I'm going to tell you, even though people have deep insights and stuff, they will use that to exploit others too. It's not like oh, you're yeah, a benevolent absolutely. dude if you have an awakening experience. Everybody's human. If you're enlightened, you wouldn't give a fuck. You wouldn't have people following you. You don't care about anything. Yeah. But some guy might have one awakening experience and be like, well, I'm the Messiah. Would have human needs. He'd want food, sex, money, But he also wants to validate his awakening. So he'll make a fucking cult around it. So, but Smith would be like, he has the truth just as much as Neo does. Yeah. But unlike Neo, who's using the truth for selfless intent... Smith is using it for a selfish one, and in yeah. that he loses it, and that's why he fails in the end. Yeah, he loses the truth because he's trying to use it for his own gain, and that's not how the way works, you know. Yeah, true. So yeah, I guess wow. even if you think that you're a better person because you're more spiritually adept or more mentally adept or wh- whatever you want to go with, that hubris is the poison that will destroy you wow yeah so i guess no real funny ending but you know what you're all really cute yeah you guys are the one in my eyes you're uh you're the one that makes my heart skip a beat audience wink wink nudge nudge anyways this is (laughs) dakota smith (laughs) and sean John, I'm John. John, okay. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gravy Sandwich Podcast. I hope we made you think, and I hope that you are willing to go explore. Yeah. All right. Enjoy life. Take care. Adios.